prayer. Woo! So I have it now, and I'm thrilled about it. Awesome. We're going we're gonna to pray now. It's good. It's good. Awesome. Well, this has been a, a pretty crazy season. We had such a wonderful Christmas Eve service. I was so proud of our church Christmas Eve. So proud. It was just like VEV Christmas. And uh, such a beautiful night together. I love the way Lynn pulled together the band and, and had a lot of our kids involved. It was just very, very special. And having Helen's son sing with Helen, that was just blew the roof off. I thought we were going to have to get some repairs done. Yeah, that was just so special. So I, I'm sure I forgot somebody, but it was just thank you so much. It was just a, you know, uh, the, just I'm a Canadian, so the Canadians won the juniors. Uh, World Hockey Gold, and they, say, they, said, they said that they won by committee. And what, what that means is, is that almost everybody scored. It was just like such a team. Every line was playing full on and scoring, and it was just, yeah, team. So that's really cool. So today, we're going to talk about epiphany. Everybody say epiphany. And I already explained about Epiphany, and what we're going to do today is we're going to do three, three, three sermons in one. Does that date me a little bit? Um, so why do, we, why do we call our kids Curriculum Orange? Does any of you guys remember? No? Yeah, so, so that's right. Did you guys hear that? He said, we're doing a new thing, and orange has something to do with it. That's a good answer. I like that. Anybody else? What does, where does it? It's appealing. Oh, free snack, free snack for him. Um, anybody remember the color, the significance? What's red? And, what is red? It's a combination of red and yellow. What's red? Um, it is red, and that's one of the main three primary colors. Good. We're on the way. Um, Sally? Sure. Grow, of course. Kids know more about the Bible than the grown-ups, so please. <laughs> red represents home and the heart, and yellow represents the sun and the church. And it's the bringing together of the two. Exactly. Give her a hand. She's a teacher and she knows it's important. Um, so so th the idea is you cannot make disciples on one hour a week. Welcome back, Veronica. You're looking so good. She's been a little bit sick, a little bit weak, but so glad you're here. Happy New Year. Yeah. And uh, so uh, one hour a week isn't going to cut it. Uh, they were talking about the, the amount of time that kids are on media and phones in the week and, and in school. And, and comparing that to church time, it's just... That's all. Can you all do that? All right. So, so time-wise, we don't have a lot of time here to make disciples. So if discipleship is going to happen, it has to happen at home during the week. And so the church, but the home needs the church to, uh, to work in partnership. So that's the red and the yellow that comes together to be orange. Woohoo! All right. So the orange uh, topic today 
is we're going to take three stories. One's, one's the orange story. One's the story that the adults would have done if they would have just had their own adult church today, adult sermon. And then we're going to take Epiphany. There's another story. We're going, to, we're going to look at all three stories, and Kathleen and I found a common theme. It was pretty cool. So you have to guess what the story, this is the orange story today. This is a work of art. Does anybody, can anybody guess what story that is? Judah. If you build your house on rocks. Yes, you got it. Give him a hand. Thank you. He's very excited and proud about that, now hiding under a chair. Um, so good job. So very, very, how many of you would have said the same thing? That's what you got. Yeah? Oh, Ellen Ergers. <laughs> All right. So the second, the second story is this. You have to guess. This is the adult story for today. Are you ready? What's that one? Okay, somebody else. Praise? Noah's flood. Huh? Noah's flood. Noah's flood? On the way. Moses put his stuff over the sea and split it in half. Split the sea in half. Yeah, that's right. That's what you were going to say, right, Praise? Yeah, give, give him a hand. Yes, give him a hand. All right. Now, this one's a bit tricky. This is the epiphany story, and I've got two, story, two pictures for this. Are you ready? It's kind of tricky. I, I, I kind of played it. Yeah. It, Judy, Judy, you can have a go. Yeah. Disciples said that you can't come to me because... Who can't come to him? The children. The children. Because they're like too small, like not important. Yeah, and what did Jesus do? He said, let them come. He said, let them come. Don't forbid them. That's right. See, a lot of times we think children need to become like adults so they can know God. But Jesus said adults need to become like children so they can know God. Right? So... It's a bit of a trick question because the actual story is this. Yeah? Eleanor? When Jesus was baptized. Yeah, and what happened? Um, a dove came, up, came above his head and God spoke down from the heavens. Yeah, what did God say? Um, Do you remember? Uh, no. Do you, anybody remember kind of what God said a little bit? Judah? This is my son and I'm well pleased in him. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, a lot more interesting. Okay, so um, I'm gonna, we're going to do a song. Can we do a song? I'm going to do a song. Eleanor's going to help me with the actions. And I learned this when, when I was a kid, and I kind of forgot the actions because it's been so long, and I feel a little bit sad about that. But the song just kind of, the actions, we're going to, Eleanor's going to help me figure these actions out. So we'll do it a cappella first. And then we'll do it with a guitar, okay? So the song kind of goes like this. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rains came a-tumbling down. Yeah. Then the rains came down and the floods went up. The rains came down and the floods went up. The rains came down and the floods went up. But the house on the rock stood firm. All right, so the foolish man. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built 
his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. And the rains came a-tumbling down. I'm glad I'm not chewing gum. The rains came down and the floods went up. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. And the house on the sand went splat. All right. So then there's another verse that goes like this. So build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. So build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. So build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the blessings will come down. The blessings come down as the praise goes up. The blessings come down as the praise go up. Blessings come down as the praise goes up. So build your life on the Lord. Okay, one guitar. Here we go. So now that you know the, the, the uh, action so expertly, I am free to play the guitar. And Eleanor's going to lead you. And I think it'd be helpful to stand. You might hurt somebody if you're just... All right, get my key. Aiden helped me tune this morning. I think we're good. Okay, back at the beginning. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three, four. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rains came a tumbling down. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. But the house on the rock stood firm. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. And the rains came a tumbling down. Ah, oh, the rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up and the house on the hand went splat! Woo! So build your life on the Lord Jesus Christ. So build your life on the Lord Jesus Christ. Build your life on the Lord Jesus Christ and the blessings will come down. Here we go! The blessings come down as the praise goes up. Blessings come down as the praise goes up. Blessings come down as the praise goes up. So build your life on the Lord. Give yourselves a hand, Eleanor. Thank you. Oh, my. Brings back great memories. I was thrilled to find out that VeggieTales Veggie had plagiarized and used the song as well. That's great. All right. So, Aiden, I think I'll go to this. Is that all right? All right, so Kathleen's going to come and introduce uh, a little activity for you, and then we'll, we'll look at each of these stories a little more. Okay, now I brought a friend, uh, took a lot of persuasion. My friend didn't want to come today. My friend is hiding behind uh, this little piece of wood here, and he's wondering whether it's okay for him to be here at church. 
So why do you think he might not want to come? He was kind of nervous about coming. Why would someone not want to come to church? Like, for example, this morning, did I really want to come? I was thinking, my ears sort of still stuffed up from a sinus infection. I can't really hear 100%. But you guys, I'm understanding everything so far. (laughs) So nice to see Gloria here. That was a highlight for me to see her so well. But why do you think some people don't want to come to church, Judah? They're feeling bad, like me. They were feeling maybe sort of sick. What do you think, Eleanor? Yeah. They're tired. takes a little bit of a bother. You usually have to shower. You, can't, you don't really want to come too stinky to church. So maybe some people do. I don't know. I guess some people like to come to church kind of stinky. <laughs> So they're too tired. They don't want to bother. Maybe their car broke down and they think, oh, no, do I have to go on the bus? What's another reason why people wouldn't want to come? Praise? You don't know. What about the adults? Will? They're, yeah, because maybe they're nervous. They're, their hair isn't looking quite right. Maybe some gray hair started growing up here, and maybe they plucked it like I used to, have a little hole up there in the bald spot up there. <laughs> or they feel they might be judged, so they feel like, I think sometimes people don't want to come because they're a little bit nervous about whether there'll be someone that's friendly. So my friend is hiding back here. He's got some serious problems. Can I bring him out for you guys? Uh, I mean, I have to confess that he's not really a consistent friend because sometimes I have him with me, and then sometimes I just put him away on the shelf. And then he's sitting there lonely, and then he just gets all dusty. So his name is Mr. Potato Head. First of all, can you imagine a parent calling their kid Potato Head? So... He's got some serious problems, but he still is making a big effort. He's trying to say hi. (laughs) And I think there's some people that might say hello to him. They might talk to him. Uh, Matt thinks that if it was him, he might eat him if he was really (laughs) hungry, especially if he was a sweet potato. So he's like feeling that he doesn't have all his pieces together. And so I need some help. Okay, Eleanor. So can you find something that would help him maybe feel like he's getting it together? He can't really do it himself, so he figures maybe somebody at the church is compassionate, kind enough, might have a way of making me feel a little bit better because I'm getting my pieces together. (laughs) So Eleanor's going to maybe help him out, and Judah's coming next. Oh, Now he can see you. Wow. He he says his vision is a little bit off. It's a little bit off. uh, Tunnel vision kind of thing. Maybe sometimes it's good to have that tunnel vision because you don't always want to see what everybody else is doing. So anyway, praise. Can you help him out? Come on up. 
What do you think he, you could, how could you help Mr. Potato Head? And then Judah. And then Eleanor. No, Eleanor already did one. Oh, right. Come on up here, Evangeline. What do we got in there? Nose. Oh, a nose. How many of you can identify with his nose? <laughs> oh, Judah put his teeth on his head. So, so I'm inclined to actually take the teeth and put it under his nose. Would you agree with me? <laughs> but what about you, Evangeline? What do you think you can do? I don't think he really wants to stand on his head to eat. <laughs> Some people do. <laughs> wow, he's got one ear. That's how I feel. The one-eared woman. <laughs> and how about anybody else? Who's over there? Ruby, do you want to try? Do you want to try putting something on Mr. Potato Head? What's he missing? Well, Rudy's, Ruby's going to look, see what she can do. So the point is, Mr. Potato Head really didn't have it together. Did he rise up this morning to think he could be perfect? Did he rise up to press on? He was trying to press on because he's brave enough to come to church. A lot of people aren't brave enough to come because mostly they think like, Will, are they going to be judged? Okay, Oh, good job. Thanks, Ruby. What did you do? Oh, he got his other ear. How about you? Do you want to put something on the pistol potato head? <laughs> no. <laughs> Some people. Okay, Judah, help me out. I don't know if I can trust you, Judah, but I'll try. Thanks, Judah. To be honest with you, Pax is not here, so I just wanted to make this statement. I thought he kind of looks like Pax a little bit when he gets his hat on. Come on, Eleanor. Maybe without the glasses, but I think he's pretty cute. Wouldn't you? Can you can you welcome Mr. Potato Head? So if Mr. Potato Head had a few tattoos or you know earrings or maybe had his shirt opened up and showed off his chest hair, would he still be accepted here? Oh, you're thinking about it. Well, maybe you can take some time to pray about that. I think we could probably accept him. What do you think? So anyway, I tried. I made an attempt at making some uh, people that kind of look like you guys. There's girls and there's a guy. So you can come up front and pick the face that you would like. And remember, the eyes of your understanding, try your best to put the eyes where they normally go because we're not really making, you know, too abstract people. But you can, you can have your choice to do whatever little person you would like to do. And we welcome all these people. We welcome them to come and hear the good news. Yeah. So you can, you can work on those. Is it, is it pretty straightforward what they do there? So you can work on those either sitting there or you can go back with your parents, whatever you prefer. If you need a little bit of space, there's room over here too. So 
Sophia, if you could just uh, cue up that. So this is the, the first story was the wise man who was like the man, Jesus said, who hears his word. There it is, hear, and puts it into practice, right? This second story, I want you to listen for Mr. Potato Head's senses at work, hearing, seeing. Watch for aspects of that in this story and maybe be ready to tell me where you see it.
The story of the wise man and the foolish man hearing and acting. Story of the Exodus. Hearing was absolutely critical to survival. Hearing God. Story of the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan. He heard the voice of the Father say, you're my beloved son, and we know that's how he survived the next 40 days in the wilderness. When the enemy's rasping voice came and challenged everything he'd ever heard. So we won't read this, this passage uh, except to, to refer to the fact that Jesus heard these words, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. So this common theme of hearing in all three stories seemed to drive home for, for, for me God's calling us to be a people who hear. And hearing is, goes beyond just the actual auditory response of our bodies to a sound. There's, there's something more about hearing that we see where Jesus talks about people who, who always hear, but they don't hear. And I want to give you five things that are all sermons in themselves that I think we want to work on this year with regards to hearing God. The first is faith. If we're going to hear God, then we need to believe that he speaks and that he's always speaking and that he wants to speak to you. Can you imagine if you were crazy in love, you parents with a child, or all of you, you just felt such great love for a person, but you were never able to communicate. Think about how crazy God is in love with you and how much he longs to speak to you. And so, the, 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 God is always speaking, but the issue is, can we hear him? And of course, how many have ever had somebody talk to you, but you didn't hear what they were saying? My grandson, he got one, his, his grandma gave him one of these, these travel cushions, you know, where you can, you, you know, when you go on an airplane or whatever. So I said, Samuel, you can wear that in science class. And he laughed. Because, of course, it's, it's common sometimes where you, 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 you hear, but you're not paying attention. So how do we learn to pay attention? So the second thing about hearing God is we learn to listen. So what I'd like us to do is I'd like us to do an exercise right now for 15 seconds. Are you ready? On the count of three, I'm going to ask us all to be quiet. And I want you to listen for what you hear. Are you ready? One, two, three. Time's up. So what did you hear? Judah. Paper and pencil, Eleanor? Ruby talking? Judah? Creaking? Sherry? The lights buzzing? Good. Eleanor? Judah what? Knee walking. Judah knee walking. Good. So the point is, is, is even as I'm talking right now, there's sounds, right? And you might not be listening to them. You're listening to me, of course. 
Um, so, um, hearing God is about paying attention. So why do we, at the beginning of our service, give a time where we light the candle and we're silent? In kids' church, I've heard in preschool, in primary, you have time where you're quiet. It's not very common in our world today, is it? And you light the candle and you say, what is God saying to me? That's so good. That's so awesome. So proud of our teachers leading you guys in that. And that you guys are, are walking with them that, in that. So part of the problem is, I was talking to my granddaughter the other day about God speaking. And she said, I never hear God. And, you know, it's because we think that when God speaks, he sounds like me. Well, not my voice, but the fact that I'm audible. When somebody talks to you, you, you expect to hear something. The fact of the matter is that most of the time, God speaks to us through our thoughts, doesn't he? What's the problem with that? Oh, Judah! We don't know if it's you thinking or God. You don't know if it's you thinking or God. That's right. Or the devil or somebody else that fed a thought or that iPhone or that media or whatever. Like we have all kinds of a bombardment. So the trick is feeding... Like, let's imagine it's snack time. Um, let's imagine uh, Ariel. Let's imagine that snack time. Everybody's talking, blah, 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 right? And then all of a sudden you hear your mummy go, Ariel, Ariel. Do you know that's your mummy? <laughs> yes. How do you know? How would you know it's your mom or dad's voice if you're being called? Evangeline? How do you know? You can tell the difference from every voice. Great. Eleanor? You grow up hearing their voice? That's good. So it, what God wants us to understand is if we don't hear his voice, it's okay. That's normal. It takes time. And, and even people who are really mature can still get it wrong. And, and it's, it's a lifelong journey, and God wants to be involved in the adventure of, le- of helping us uh, hear his voice. How do you, the other thing to say about thoughts is thoughts often come with feelings. What kind of feelings come with thoughts? Can you think? Eleanor? Happy? Fear, anger, good. So thoughts are often not on their own. They're often accompanied by feelings. So the key is, with a thought, this is just 101, is pay attention to the feeling that comes with the thought. We've been taking a course this last fall in the church about emotionally healthy spirituality, and we've been learning that our feelings are important. A lot of us grew up in churches where we were told, don't ignore your feelings, don't pay attention to your feelings. But it's important to pay attention to the feeling that comes with the thought. And can I give you the number one absolute no compromise feeling that you should listen for when you hear a thought and you're wondering if it's God. Can anybody guess which one it is? What is the feeling that you should feel? The feeling you should feel, and you can ask it in the form of a question, is does this thought make me 
feel loved. Because God is love. Man, I wish I'd have been taught that more when I was a kid. So much of God's voice was commands and do's and don'ts and, 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 and rules. But if God had one thing he could only say to me, if there was nothing else he could say to me, if your parents had one thing they only could say to you and nothing else for the rest of their lives, what would they want to communicate? Every time I leave the house, I leave my wife, my grandkids, my kids, whenever I leave, I never try to leave without saying, I love you. That is the most important thing that God wants to say to you. And if he speaks anything, even if it's kind of a rebuke, it's in love. It's always in love because he cares. So I want to give you some, op, some voice recognition tools to wrap this up for how we know God's thoughts. The first thing is others who love us. Our brothers and sisters, our family, our parents, our, our brothers and sisters at church. That's why it's so important not to get isolated because when we do not know if it's God's thoughts, our brothers and sisters help us discern together. It's a communal exercise. And um, the enemy can sometimes really get in if we get isolated. And he can lie to us. So we need each other. And finally, the practice of remembering. One of the saddest moments of my life happened about 20 years ago. My grandma was in her 90s. And she was in Edmonton, and, they, and she'd been put in this care home. And my grandma and I were just like this for so much of my life, but she developed a disease where she lost her memory. And it was so heartbreaking for me to walk into this room, and she said, who are you? Do I know you? And in five minutes, she said, I think you better leave now. And it just broke my heart. It broke my heart. So remembering is important for knowing someone's voice. And so God has given us practices like communion, like what we're going to do right now. As we read the Bible, as we come to church, as we listen to the word of God, as we, as we have communion, these practices help us know the voice of God, recognize the voice of God. So what I'd like to invite you guys to do is to go back with your parents, and we're going to prepare for communion. And uh, I'd like you to, I put all those points in the bulletin so that you can take those home and, and begin to practice them this year. Pr begin to work on those areas. Do I expect God to speak to me? Am I practicing silence and listening? Am I meeting with my sisters and brothers? Uh, am I paying attention to my thoughts and my feelings? I'll, I'll do some more teaching on that. There's a guy named Ignatius of Loyola who did a lot of teaching about consolation and desolation and paying attention to the thoughts and feelings that draw you closer to God and the thoughts and feelings that take you away from God. And you learn how to discern by using an inner compass that God has given all of us. But what I'd like to do, how many have ever kind of read that scripture where it says, do not partake of the body and blood of Christ unworthily? And it's kind of put fear in your heart. Like, am I worthy? What did Paul mean by that? Well, I think primarily what he meant was is don't bring any unconfessed sin that you know where you've been 
you've been just in rebellion and disobedience to God and just kind of go, ah, whatever, and just come and have communion and go and sit down again. And the sin that the Corinthians were committing that he was worried about is they were gossiping about each other and they were criticizing each other and they were, they were bitter. They were unforgiving to each other. And he's saying you're just coming and having communion and you think it's okay to just go on living the way you are. You're eating and drinking damnation. He said some of you have died early. Some of you are sick because of that. Whoa, that's heavy, right? So, does that mean that we have to be sinless? No. Does that mean that we never make mistakes? No. Does that mean we can't be struggling with our sin right now and addictions? No. The point is, is that you bring them into the presence of God and you confess them. You agree with God. Lord, I need to be set free. And this provides the power to begin to walk towards that freedom. So I'd like, I'd like to take you through a litany of repentance in preparation for this. We've done this in Ash Wednesday and other times. But I think what I love about this prayer is it covers everything. <laughs> so if there's, there's sins in your life, it's probably going to cover it. Uh, if it doesn't... Uh, it, if, it, if it doesn't, uh, if, if, if you don't relate to the, the, the sin that's being confessed, just realize that there's likely somebody of your brothers and sisters that is here that it will relate to, and we're one body. So it's like a corporate cleansing and a corporate confession. So what I'd like to do is ask you to help me do this. So here's how we're going to do it. When you see bold writing, we all say it together. When you see regular writing, this is just a regular font, then I'll read the first one, but after that, everybody uh, take turns like we do with our scripture. Okay, that's how we'll do it. Does that, does that make sense? And just, again, as Joanna said earlier, read slowly, pay attention as you're reading it, okay? Are you ready for this? Ready for some cleansing? For the blood of Jesus and the water of the Spirit to wash and renew us as we go into this new year. So I'll start. Most holy and merciful Father, I confess to you and to the whole communion of saints in heaven and on earth, I have not loved you with my whole heart and mind and strength. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I have not forgiven others as I have been forgiven. Have mercy on me, Lord. Someone, sorry, I, I repeated there. Someone read the, the main font. Have mercy on me, Lord. I confess to you, Lord, all my past unfaithfulness, the pride, hypocrisy, and impatience in my life. I confess to you, Lord. My self-indulgent I confess to you, Lord. My intemperate love of worldly goods and comfort, and my dishonesty in daily life and work. I confess to you, Lord. 
I confess to you, Lord. Accept my repentance, Lord. Accept my repentance, Lord. 